This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Behold podcast, listener. And we want to say Happy Easter. And I'll say it. He is risen. He is risen risen indeed. indeed. Amen. Um, You know, if you're listening and you're you're not familiar with that interaction that just happened, that might have been weird to you. So I'll explain. Why do we say that? You know, why do we say he is risen? We say it as Christians, especially here in Western uh, Christianity, to celebrate, to remember, to just sit and rest in and revel in the glory of our Lord Jesus. Because it's Passion Week. It's Holy Week this week, the week that we celebrate and remember Jesus going to uh, Jerusalem to accomplish what he was going to accomplish upon the cross. Mm. And a lot of there, a lot there for us to reflect upon, a lot there for us to worship God for and thank him for. Mm. But it all ends with, which we're so thankful for, the the new reality that, that Christ died for our sins. He took upon himself what should have been ours. And then in, in victory, demonstrating and proving his authority over all, he, he rose again from the grave and he now stands risen forever as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and as our personal savior. Give me an amen. Amen. Yep. <laughs> so with that on our, on our minds, you know, there's so much for us to be considering this week, so much for us to be uh, just pondering and focusing on as we head in towards Easter. And so we thought for today's podcast, might be a fun opportunity for us to, um, rather than doing our normal format, just talk about that a little bit. Um, I should say, my name is Dan. Should I just say my name is Dan? I was, that your, is really funny. I was looking at your handsome face when you walked in. I couldn't you help wish it. You wish your name was Dan. Yeah. yeah, my name is not Dan. My name is Sean, but hint, hint, there is a Dan in the house. I'm always here. Dan Gillette, what's up, everybody? And our guest today... And is my Con- name is Connie. Yes. Wow. So you introduced yourself. Guests well, I mean, you guys were all doing that. So I'm just true. kind of went in Rome. I love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> when in Rome is. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah, like I was saying, you know, we, we thought it'd be a fun opportunity for just us three to share. What are some of those things that we've been pondering this week heading in towards our Easter celebrations and all the things happening this week? Um, so I'll just uh, open the floor to the one and only Miss this is Connie Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just uh, telling you guys before the recording that last night at our S2 group, we were talking about the, the fact um, that this is Passion Week and what does the word passion imply? And what is, why do we call it passion? And actually somebody um, looked, looked up the word passion and, you know, I, I always thought of it, this is Jesus's passion to go to the cross. He wanted, he set his face like Flint, I think it says in an NIV, it says he fa- set his face to go to Jerusalem. And why did he, why was he so passionate about going to Jerusalem? Because I, he knew, he knew this was um, the fullness of time. He knew this was w- the plan from the, before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. He knew that this was, this was why he came. He came to die. And he came as a man in order that he might be able to die. And um, so that passion that that Jesus felt to go to the cross. Well, you know, the word passion also in Latin is passio, which means suffering. Isn't that interesting? To endure and to tolerate suffering. And so Jesus came to suffer and to take the sin um, of those who would come to him on the cross with him. 
you know, to suffer at the hand of the Father. So that idea of passion and, and just what, how should we respond to that in this, this week of reflection and sort of meditating on what Jesus went through, um, specifically that week in Jerusalem when he came in on um, a donkey, very uh, full of a donkey, a very humble way he came mm-hmm. into Jerusalem on Palm mm-hmm. Sunday and then to be betrayed and to, to, to die, um, to suffer really at the hand of the Father, as it says in Isaiah 53, to be crushed um, and then come the resurrection, which he's been predicting and yet nobody seem to believe him, right? So what, what, what can we, how can we ref, be reflecting on that? How can we be, I don't know, more passionate about the fact that he did die and that he was resurrected and that he ascended? You know, how, how can we live this week specifically mindful of that? Amen. Mm, yeah, I, I love that, that picture of Flint in, in Isaiah 50, mm-hmm. just because you think about what it is, right? It's a, it's, it's a hard, dry rock. And so you see like, what is the, what is the, what is it meant to represent? And I think like a, a firmness, you know, a, a toughness, uh, you know, looking forward to something that is impossible, something that is uh, incredibly painful and challenging. And it's going to, you know, bring about immense suffering, but just staying unwaveringly determined Mm -hmm. to to that. And man, I think like (laughs) it's very, if we're meant to carry that same kind of determination and attitude in our pursuit of following Jesus, right. If in our taking up of the cross, as we count the cost and follow Jesus, man, what does that mean for, for us? Because I think there's a lot of times when I, I get knocked off course pretty easy, you know, Mm. by a discouragement or a distraction or, something just that doesn't go my way. And um, obviously we, we want to look to Jesus <clears throat> who is the author and finisher of our faith. And, and for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and, and we're not, we're to have that same mentality and not grow weary. And I, I know for me um, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> not, is not something I do perfectly. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love just thinking about Jesus's passion because we know in Scripture, like so much of what he did, he did so he can model it for us, so we could follow in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. And I just think about, man, what was the motivation for his passion? And I think about like Hebrews twelve, like because f- he saw what was going to happen as, as a result of his work. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, mm-hmm. right? And granted, like he acknowledged it, it was terrible. He said it says there that he despised the shame of it, and yet he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. So I just think about what it looks, what that looks like in our lives. Like, mm-hmm. am I looking at the joy of life with Jesus? And because of that, enduring things with passion, like he did, you know, mm-hmm. am I serving him with excitement and passion equal, if not much, much greater to than whatever my current hobby is, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> I, I love the, um, that you brought up that Hebrews 12 for the joy set before him. You know, what was the joy? He, he knew he was going to go back to the father, to the glory that he had before mm-hmm. he came. But he also in Isaiah 53, it says that he, he saw his offspring, which, you know, his offspring is all of us, right? Who were brought yeah. into the kingdom of light. He saw, he saw us 
when he was going to the cross and that brought him joy to go to the cross, even though he knew it would be excruciating, especially because it was going to be a crushing at the hand of his own father, wow. this intimacy that he had with him. And I, um, when you were talking about that joy set before him, because he knew what was to come yeah. after this suffering, it reminded me... I. I so Ellie and Eric, you know, just moved back into Pleasanton, yeah. which is so exciting. And um, Ellie's actually pregnant with her third. Oh, with breaking her. news on I the know, podcast. I know. My third grandchild, our third grandchild. Um, anyway, she's had t- a terrible first trimester. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally sick every day, every morning, every night. And um, why is she going through this? Because <laughs> she knows there's a little person at the yeah. end. Got, you know. God willing, there's a little person at the end of this pregnancy. And so for that joy set before her, she's enduring pregnancy. And she, she knew that it would be hard because she's had hard pregnancies, but yet you, you know, she walks uh, into it knowing it's going to be rough because of the result. And that's what Jesus did in, on such a cosmic level. And and you even think about that interaction that Jesus had with Peter Mm-hmm. Where he says, "Get behind me, Satan!" Right? Because yes, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, my going. face is set. I'm going to Jerusalem, and you, you think about being on a, an actual physical road, <laughs> walking to, 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 the, to his death, and just there, that brings up so many, so much imagery, right? Because when you're traveling somewhere, there, there's where you came from, and then uh-huh. where you're going, right? Right? And so every step you take. It's you're, one step closer. It's one step closer, mm-hmm. and you're you're forgetting what's behind. Yeah, right. And it makes me think of Philippians chapter three, verse verses twelve through fourteen. And obviously, Paul in his writings he uses this analogy a lot of like a, a prize. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're running a race for to to obtain not a perishable wreath, but mm-hmm. an imperishable one. Mm-hmm. And we're I we want to <clears throat> fight the good fight, run yeah. the race. You know, but but he says this. In verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, mm. but I press on to make my to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm. And I just think that that is such a... That's a mindset that we can have, right? It's it's I'm not I'm not thinking about where I'm where I'm coming, where I came from. I'm I'm pressing on. I'm going forward and and I think that that can be uh kind of your former way of 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 doing things, how we can get sucked back into that. Mm-hmm. I think it can also be just taking our eyes off of Christ and he- the heavenly things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. It could be you know, just living in despair rather than living in hope. But yeah, just what can we do to kind of keep pressing on, right? It's And it's also not just looking back, but looking right now at my situation. Because, mm. you know, each of us, I'm sure, can name many things that are terrible about our life or things that we would like to change, right. suffering that we are enduring. And I have been reflecting on Jesus, especially I'm glad you brought up the Isaiah 50 um passage, uh, Isaiah 57, it says, but the Lord God helps me. And I believe this is a prophetic about Christ, the Messiah. The Lord is saying this. He says, the Lord God helps me. 
the Father. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. The thing that I've been, I was reflecting on is what the Lord was put to shame. I mean, he was reviled. Yeah. He was spat upon. He was whipped. He was crucified. And yet it says, I know I shall not be put to shame. I mean, he was looking forward to what will come after that. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah. it, like, it's not that it's we're not going to... It's ultimate sense. It's ultimate. Like, yeah. we are going to go through suffering in this life. We are going to go through times of despair and sadness and loneliness and everything else that comes with being a human. That's not our hope. You know, even in the midst of that, we can say, but God, you are what, you will resurrect my body to be like his glorious body. Mm. This reminds me of the beginning of First Peter, because, um, you know, he's writing, Peter's writing to some people who are suffering, going through much hardship, and he reminds them that you have been born again to a living hope, mm-hmm. exactly what you're describing. He says that even though you're going through some really hard stuff, in this you rejoice, that though now for a little while, if necessary, you're, you're being graved by various trials. But I love this in verse seven. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Yeah. So you can rejoice even though you're suffering right now mm. because you know that the, the result of that suffering the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, it's going to result in praise and glory and mm-hmm. honor at the revelation of Jesus. It's just so beautiful to think about. And then Amen. it says, though, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you don't see him now, you believe and rejoice with joy. And it says about that joy, the right now that you're talking about, rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Yes. And how beautiful is that? That like we can be really suffering and yet in the midst of that yeah. hardship, yeah. we can be experiencing inexpressible joy filled with glory. Mm. Like that is amazing. I know. Us. It's a, it's it's like the world would say that's dumb. Yep. You know, that doesn't make any sense. But that's what Paul said. He said, you know, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And in that in that passage right there in 1 Peter 1, um, it says that he had I mean, what why do we why do we have this living hope? Why? It's because of God Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. It says he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This week, it really I mean this, you know, the fact that we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday, that's the pinnacle of our faith. This is why we because we would not be saved but for Jesus' resurrection. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amazing. That's really, really good stuff. Um, should I launch into mine? Sure. You guys ready for, for yeah. mine? I kind of alluded at it, alluded to it a little bit, um, but I've just been reflecting on Colossians 3, mm. and I'll just read the first four verses. It says, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your thing, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will, will appear with him in glory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I want to encourage us to reflect on as we go through this Passion Week is if you are immersed into Christ through faith in him, then you have died. Right. And, and just like Jesus was put to death on the cross, you in your former ways and your old 
way of doing things has been put to death too. Mm. And you get all the benefit of, of that atoning work on the cross if, because of your, your, your unity with Christ. And then just like Jesus walked out of that tomb three days later, you also have, have walked out of that tomb. You also are reborn. You are living a new manner of life um, spiritually, and, and it overflows into every aspect of, of your life. And so what is that? <clears throat> what does that reality mean? Like, what are the implications for that? Right. Mm. And I love how he starts like, Hey, if you are united with Christ mm-hmm. in this way in his death and his resurrection, well then what, what, what are you supposed to do? Right. Well, mm. and I just love this. You are to seek the things that are above and you are to set your mind on the things that are above. Mm. Right. And, and you are to, to have this mindset that, that you're dead to your former ways and you, you are now alive to God in Christ. And we talked about this, you know, a couple weeks ago, Sean, when, when you walked us through Romans 6, we consider ourselves yeah. dead to sin and yep. alive to God in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think there's also this, this aspect here in verse 4 that we've been talking about of like, hey, I'm also living with this view in mind that Christ is going to return mm-hmm. in glory. And when he does... I'll be. I'll step into the fullness of of this reality mm. that I that I'm made new, and then if you keep reading in the chapter, there's all this this really clear commands and directives for us, things to to put to death or to put off, mm-hmm. and then things to to put on, and I love Paul uses this analogy elsewhere too, where I don't know you kind of get the imagery of like I'm I'm gonna like change my clothes, yeah, it's like. I'm, I'm, I'm changing yeah. out of this old, dirty, yeah. you know, soiled garment, mm-hmm. and I'm putting on a new garment. And <clears throat> what I love about that is, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but or if you've observed this, but when we wear something, like th- what we're wearing really affects the way we, we feel, we feel the way we behave, yeah. the mm-hmm. way we the, hold ourselves or even walk or talk or any of that, right? You know, you think, you think about, Someone, uh, maybe uh, someone in the armed forces who's who's retired and yeah. and has been just kind of living retired. What happens when they put that uniform back on? Yeah, if they can still fit into it, right? They put it back on. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden they stand up straighter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know they they got their walk back. They yeah. maybe they'll start saying yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, ty- those types of things, right? The, so I love that imagery of like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna change our clothes here and. And obviously Jesus has done that once and for all, but there's a sense here in Colossians 3 that we are to do that in an ongoing way as we mm-hmm. daily That's live. That's so good. Right? We, yes. So, so yeah, our clothes have been changed once and for all, and we, we are, our life is hidden with, with Christ and God, but there's also this, this process of sanctification that we talk about a lot where I have to continually put to death sexual immorality covetousness, idolatry, you know, these, mm-hmm. these things that I once really, I walked in these mm-hmm. things and now they kind of hang around. They're, they're, they've been put to death, but they kind of hang around like a zombie, you know, like and I need to just, I need to, you know, continually be understanding in my mind that these things are, I'm putting them away. I'm putting away anger and wrath and malice and slander. And I'm, I'm going to stop lying. And I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, then put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, mm-hmm. kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, 
I'm going to forgive people, right? I'm going to live in harmony. I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. I'm going to, I'm going to let the word of Christ dwell in, in me and Mm -hmm. in my, in my church family. I'm going to, I'm going to participate in teaching and Mm -hmm. encouraging and singing and being grateful. And I'm going to do everything in my life for God's glory. Wow. And I just think that's a beautiful picture of what resurrection power is in us is that we, we get the benefit. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, we're united with him by faith. Mm. We've walked out of that tomb. And then just like we talked about, you know, in this risen series is like, okay, well, man, are we living like in that reality? Amen. That's so good. I love it. You know, in and, and that imagery of Jesus walking out of that tomb, he left his grave clothes behind. That's cool. Yeah. And um, I like how you said that how what we wear, it does affect how we feel. And it's a it's a moment by moment thing, a moment by moment. Like even this morning I was, you know, my dad has been living with us for seven years and um, we're going on our eighth year and it's it's been rough. It's been hard. And my attitude, I was just telling Chris Klein, I, I'm like, I think... I think my dad is still here because I haven't learned my lesson. Uh, (laughs) My poor dad dad is suffering because of me. But, um, you know, uh, even in the serving of him, I have to remind myself and I have to ask the Lord to help me, help me in my attitude, help me to put off the whatever sinful attitudes I may have and put on that the godly, um, tender, loving attitude. You know, it's it's a moment by moment thing. It kind of reminds me, mm-hmm. Sean, what, of what you were saying in your when you s- preached a few few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when you said that the guy who had been in prison, but then um, sure. if he still lives like he's in prison, <coughs> you know, he doesn't, he puts bars on his window and he just doesn't come out, you know, uh, it's like, that would be weird, but don't we don't we act like we're still enslaved sometimes? Yeah. Sin? Like we say, well, this is how I am, this is how I'm made, or this is how this is what my personality is. It's like those are all excuses. And yeah. For do we, sin. Do, do we believe in resurrection power? Like, exactly. Can God actually resurrect that and redeem that in your life and and turn it around? And I know we've all seen it in in so many different areas in our lives in in other people's lives. God can do it. He's able and. Mm. But there is something that For we do too, to do. To yeah. do. Yeah. We, we, we put off and we put on. Mm. And I think that that's a beautiful um, kind of tension that we see. It's really God's work reviving us and resurrecting us, yeah. but, but we, we play a part. Yeah, that's, that's funny you, say, you mentioned that because that, both of your things kind of tie into what my one pondering moment is um, because... In relating to that, just because I taught it, I was thinking about it for so long before that, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that process, about uh, the freedom of being dead to sin and alive to God and just the beauty of sanctification, you know? Mm. <clears throat> and I've been trying to be obedient to what I told people to do, which is really consider that frequently, mm. you know, do that work of considering yourselves. And I've just been struck this week, especially just, man, it's so freeing and so beautiful and just peace producing to consider your life that way. You know, when, when, when things happen in the news or in politics or weather, whatever it is, you know, there's, there's something that is just so freeing to immediately say, that's a big deal, but man, I'm so grateful that I'm dead to sin and the ramifications of that thing as it pertains to sin and brokenness and hurt, they have no dominion over my heart. Hmm. They have no power over my mind to control the way I'm going to think about the world, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been really just appreciating that. 
in response to a couple things. And then kind of on the flip of that, or in response to that, that's what kind of ties into both of your things because so what do we do with that freedom? We like we gotta walk in it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we have to walk in it and and we have to to do the walking of newness in life, which is everything you're describing, Dan, of like we gotta we gotta do what the Lord Jesus told us to do and and participate in that way because of that joy. And I mean, I've just been thinking about the whole dead to sin thing, alive to God, as it relates to that question of joy, because like most of us, it doesn't take long to, for us to look at a plant or an animal or something like that and say, is that thing dead or alive? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's usually pretty obvious. There's been a couple times where my cat scared me, but she's still kicking. <laughs> usually you can say within two seconds, that's a dead plant, mm-hmm. you know, or that's an alive plant. And there's a degree to which I think that our lives should be that same way where people should be able to look at us and say, oh, there's life here or there's not, you know, or maybe a different way of saying it would be this person's just like everyone else that in my world, if it's a non-believer or, oh, there's something markedly different about this person, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been encouraged and convicted because there's sometimes where I feel like, yeah, that's really true in my life. And there's sometimes where I, I zoom out a little bit and I say, man, I think my life might look like everyone else's in this area, you mm-hmm. know? whether it's my habits or business ventures I'm in or whatever it is. I'm like, man, am I, am I too close to what the world's picture of success and happiness and joy is supposed to look like, you know, or in those things, am I really demonstrating a difference? Am I really, is it obvious to people in that arena that I am dead to the world, worldly ways and I'm alive to God? It reminds me of, you know, people have said a couple times to me based on like Patty's Instagram posts or something like that. Like who don't know us, who just mm-hmm. will follow. Like, oh, it's so obvious. You guys love each other so much. Mm. It's so obvious you love your daughter Winnie so much based on anything I see, you know? I didn't have to tell them that. They didn't have to like do a deep study on my life. There's just, there just an obvious impression of that based on them witnessing your life, you know? And mm. so one of my convictions is, like, man, can I say the same for one, my love for Jesus, you know, as I operate outside of Valley Bible Church, <laughs> as I operate outside of my, my job here as a pastor, you know? Mm. Just the, the nitty gritty of life. Is that true? That I am alive to God and I'm filled with joy. Which reminds me of um, Romans 12, verse 11. It's talking about just that process of, of living in the freedom and what it, the marks of a true Christian are, right? But then in verse 11, I'll just read the whole thing. Let love be genuine. Uh, hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor to each other. But then this is what struck me. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Yeah. You know, and and those are unfamiliar words to some degree. We don't really use words like that often. Zeal and slothful and fervor, fervent, you know. But you think about that. It's like, man, is this my life? Am I, am I zealous for the Lord or not? Mm. Not just in the moments that are easy for me to be zealous, like when I'm leading worship here or whatever, but am I in my life, my whole life zealous for Jesus? Am I, am I fervent in spirit? The same joy thing you're talking about. Is there a joy there as I serve the Lord? You know, there's a um, translation called the passion translation, which mm. I don't actually agree with. And this is not an endorsement of the, the <laughs> translation because I don't think it's a good one, but we'll consider it just someone else's annotation of this yeah. verse, you know? So in this annotation of Romans 12 verse 11, I just love the way it's phrased um, by this guy. And just listen to this. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit 
and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. And I just love that picture of keep that passion towards the Lord boiling hot in your life. Mm. And as a response to that, radiate with the Holy Spirit, you know? Mm. And I'm encouraged again and convicted because sometimes I'm like, man, that I do feel that way genuinely. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, man, am I radiating with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. right now? Maybe not. Mm. And so especially just this week, I'm just thinking, man, this picture, this way of living, this is what Jesus Christ died for me to be able to experience and live in. That's Am I doing it? I love that. You know? And I really love that we're talking about um, our attitude and our actions um, while we're waiting for the blessed hope because, mm-hmm. you know, we're not supposed to just sit around and take an oath of silence and just sort of meditate on what Jesus did for us as if that's some holy thing. Because even in the verses that Nate expounded on, you know, in Romans 1, it says that Jesus, through whom we have received grace and apostleship, he's talking about himself, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. That's us. Why did Jesus, why did he bring us into his into His kingdom? And um, why did Jesus die and was resurrected? It was in order to bring about the obedience of faith. And obedience is is in there. You know, people don't, some people like bristle at that word, obedience, or, you know, it's like, no, we're saved by grace. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. We are saved by grace. But, and that is an important and beautiful truth. But there is, like you said, um, both of you said, you know, there is an action step for us. We need to be obedient to that, to that faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's a lot. Some good things for us to ponder. Yeah, and you know, we share these things, well, A, to just share and to encourage you, but also we hope that this is stirring your hearts, you know, that you're also doing some pondering this week, that you're thinking about the resurrection, about this newness of life. But my question to you, you know, and for all of us, is what are you going to do with it? You know, what are you going to do with it this week? There's a lot of attitude work to be done, like Connie just said, a lot of perspective stuff, kind of internal looking upon the heavenly things, but then just action steps this week. What can you tangibly do to participate in newness of life in the advancement of the kingdom of God? Uh, Invite someone to church, maybe, Mm. you know, and maybe I'll even phrase it differently. Maybe instead I'll just say, have one encounter with someone in your life this week that's going to point them towards Jesus. You know, maybe that means inviting them to church, (laughs) but if you're willing to do the hard work without that, then sit them down and just talk about Jesus with them. You know, if you, if you, if they're uncomfortable with church, that's okay. You can still witness to them in different ways. And you know who God's put in your lives better than we do. So we don't need to tell you how to do that, but just think and pray, man, God, who, who in all those arenas we just described in work or school or friends or whatever, who's in my life? You know, who have you placed there? Why have you placed them there? And Lord, help me. Holy spirit, help me just know how to speak, how to act, how to text what that looks like. Um, to point them towards this newness of life this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Th- simple things can have profound impacts. Mm-hmm. Man. And, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, when we are just focused on being ready for those, those moments that God mm-hmm. will bring along our path, mm-hmm. then he'll give us everything we need to, to seize that moment, to walk into it. And then, I think the biggest thing for me that I just need to be paying attention 
mm. you know, and, and I need to make sure I'm not so, so busy that I just kind of roll Fresh on pen. past mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things I really love about Jesus's life is he, you, 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 set, you get the sense that he was living mm-hmm. with great purpose. And we talked about his face being set towards Jerusalem, but he also made time for people, mm-hmm. you know, and he made time to be with his father in prayer. And so he, he lived with purpose, but he also lived, um, you know, open to where God would, mm-hmm. where, where God the father would lead him mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, and ready for whatever opportunity came across his path. So mm-hmm. maybe that could be something we, we kind of t- take that model, you know, this week. Um, we, we've got some great opportunities coming up. Sean, why don't you just give the little rundown of the week? We've got, um, some big, big stuff happening. I'll make yeah. sure everyone knows. Well, it started off on Sunday. We had a good kickoff with Palm Sunday, just right. celebrating Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. <coughs> uh, on Thursday, which we refer to as Maundy Thursday sometimes, um, at both campuses, actually, we're going to be having uh, some, some Passover celebrations. Um, uh, they're called Passover Seder meals. And if you're unfamiliar, it's a... Um, originated as a Jewish tradition, but now we have new life, so we add to that. But it's a whole meal with different elements and different moments symbolizing the history of God's people, you know. And and the beauty for us compared to just Jewish people doing this is that for us, this can culminate into the the finished work of Jesus, which is really exciting. So join us at uh, the crossing at 6 o'clock or at the Ultima at 6.30. Sorry, it's 7 o'clock at the crossing. Totally meant that, yep. (laughs) 7 o'clock at the crossing or 6.30 at the uh, Ultima. And then on Friday at 6 o'clock at both campuses, we're having our Good Friday services. And, you know, traditionally on Friday, we, we remember the actual moment of the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, dying on the cross. So come with us, please. Mm-hmm. This is a service that uh, sadly, historically gets lower attended than other services, which bums me out because there's something really special and beautiful about spending that time to reflect and consider and thank the Lord Jesus for what he endured because of that joy that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. So join, join us for Good Friday. And then of course, Easter Sunday, 9 and 11 at the crossing, 10 o'clock at the Ultima. We are celebrating the risen King Jesus mm. at both of those, or actually all three of those services come early, about half an hour before we'll have uh, donuts and coffee here. We're going to have cinnamon rolls and coffee over there. It's going to be a party. And mm-hmm. uh, again, what a great time to invite someone, a family member, whatever that looks like. And just hopefully as you bring them and they come and see all the stuff, they can just witness, man, there is something beautiful and special about people who trust the Lord Jesus coming together and worshiping him. Mm-hmm. Love it. Can I just say they're not donut holes. They're actual full donuts. I, I will tell you, me, <laughs> people, me and Dan fought for you, okay? First with donut holes, we said, nah. Then they said, hold donuts, but we're going to cut them in half. And we said, nah. We ain't, we're putting our foot down. Dan triumphantly said, is Jesus half risen from the grave? Uh-uh. <laughs> so you are getting whole donuts yes. because we love you. Yes. Um, well, can I just read one verse from Romans eight thirty four, which um, just... Um, it's such an encouragement because we're talking a lot about obedience and attitudes and walking in the spirit and being dead to sin alive to Christ. But, you know, we are not doing this by ourselves, right? Amen. We know that we have the spirit of Christ helping us. In Romans eight thirty four, it says, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed 
is interceding for us. Mm. Isn't that so encouraging? He's, he is praying for us to be obedient. He's helping us. Amen. Well, going back to that picture of like, hiking up a big mountain towards that, that end goal destination, the beauty of that picture is, yeah, it's beautiful on its own, just working towards that goal and doing the hard work, but how much more beautiful is it knowing that God has given us a helper that will always be with us to show us that path and show us where to step. Amen. Mm, amen. All right, y'all. Hope to see you at one of those services or all of them as we celebrate the risen King. Again, we love you all dearly. See you on Easter Sunday. And before. And before. And after on Behold. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. Online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. Mm-hmm.